0: Last week on Thomas and the Bible, we made it to episode 250, and with only 10 sods to go, Thomas is giddy. Philemon is yet another letter from the in jail, but it is short. He gets right down to business and sends the slave Onesimus back to his master Philemon. On to Hebrews, which seems to be a reboot of the old testicle laws made to be more palatable to the Christians, as if bacon wasn't enough. Then there's some stuff about how Jebus would totally make Moses his bitch if push ever came to shove. And then, as Thomas says, more religious crap. So, once again, the only exciting thing is that the next book poll is still neck and neck and neck. How would Jeebus vote? Who cares? But get your say in it. Thomasinthebible.com slash poll. May cause hair loss. Consult your doctor before voting. (laughs) Ha ha, Kevin, so good. You may have heard some people, some background weird noises and stuff. Uh, Like I mentioned, Kevin's on vacation. He's in exciting places abroad, places that I didn't even know existed. And he's still recording these intros, which I think is just hilarious and awesome and really cool. So thanks, Kevin, for that. Great as usual. We're on Hebrews. And uh, man, he mentioned com slash poll. Boy, is it close. It is really close. And uh, lots of votes counted, too. I'm amazed for how many votes have been counted, or, or rather cast, I guess. They've all been counted. <laughs> computer didn't forget to count some of them. Uh, <laughs> the the pro- computer program's like, mm, should I count that? Ah, I'll get to it later. But anyway, for how many votes have been cast? Uh, I'm amazed how close it is. It is still like a handful of votes either way. Um, again, let's see off the top of my head, it's the uh, it's the Scientology book, right? It's the yeah, Dianetics. Uh, Book of Mormon. No, not Book of Mormon. Dian- Dianetics. The books that didn't make the Bible and the Quran. And uh, woo, it's really close. Uh, so cast your vote if you'd like to, and decide the future of Thomas in the Bible. And yeah, we're on Hebrews five through ten today. So I guess we'll go ahead and get to the reading. Now, like most of the Bible, Hebrews is a complete disappointment and a struggle to, especially the New Testament after. The Gospels, which were semi interesting. There's some stories there. There's stuff to work with. You know, we're having fun. We're having a good time. You know, you and I, you and us and you, you and me and us. And then uh, Pasal just decides, I'm going to write an incredibly boring series of letters to, sure, it's to people now, but thousands of years from now, people will read letters not intended from them, which will have very little, if any, relevance to their lives. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm not just going to write one. No, no. I could just write one, you know, cover the basics that everybody needs to know. Instead of doing that, I'm going to write a lot of them. And then I'm also going to allow, uh, or rather, I guess God is going to allow other people to fake letters by Paul. And also, those will get into the Bible. So, pretty cool stuff. A, a Great Thinking, it's it's definitely how I would do my perfect book if I were God. <laughs> Hebrews 5. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant, on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity? And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people so also for himself, to offer for sins. And no man taketh his honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest for ever after the order of Melchizedek. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, and with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk... Is unskilful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, <laughs> but strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This is barely worth mentioning in conversation, you know, and like when you write something like this that's supposed to endure you know stand the test of time. You'd want it to be more interesting than something that wouldn't even be considered good conversation. Like if Pasal just sat me down and said, hey, you know, there's there's people who don't know the Holy Spirit very well, and then there's other people who know it pretty well, and those people are better. It's like, wow, wow, oh, let me sit down, Pasal. Hold on. Oh, Oh, my head is spinning with the wisdom that you are giving me right now. Oh, and Jesus was chosen by God? Oh, holy, whoa, whoa, the room I cannot handle. This is like the end of a movie with a gigantic plot twist where I am just rendered speechless. All right, let's move on to Hebrews 6. You know, I bet now is where he turns around and just really knocks it out of the park with some brilliant insight, you know, good narrative, just whatever, we'll see. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permit. For it is impossible for those who are once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good work, the word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. So this is supposed to mean something. So it's like, oh, here's... it's God, it's so... I don't even know what to say. It's so frustrating. So he says, like, oh, you basically you need to be good, whatever that means. Like, his definition is, like, listen to God or whatever. It's like, well, what do I do? What do I do? And he's like, well, you know, uh, if you, anyone who receives, it's like a, cr- a crop, a farm, where it, it's, if it's rained on and it produces good crops, then it's good. And you're like, oh, okay, that's okay, that's good. But if it's, if it's receives the earth's rain and the whatever, and it just produces thorns and new and briars and all that, well, then it's bad. It's like, well, I don't, how do I do that? What do I do? How do I apply That's not, I can't, I'm not at a farm. I don't know what, what would you consider to be good crops and not thorns? Like, it still comes down to that. It doesn't, I, I already, we all want to, roughly speaking, be good, quote unquote. Like, it. that doesn't help me. I get it. That's just a general statement about being good versus being bad. What do I do? Tell me what to do. So frustrating. Uh, let's see. But beloved, we are persuaded Better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shewed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints, and do minister. And we desire that every one of you should do the same, no, every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God had made promise for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater he swear by himself, saying, Surely blessing will I bless thee, and multiplying will I multiply thee. He gets to swear God gets to swear by himself. That's like the government printing money, I feel like. <laughs> well, who's gonna do anything about it? What do I- what do I swear to? I'm God. I- what am I- what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna complain to? What, are you going to appeal to somebody? And so, after he had uh, patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for the confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to shew unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. Who, well, if it's impossible for him to lie, what does he need to swear to anything? <laughs> okay, guys, I'm gonna, I cannot tell a lie. Now, let's pretend this has been verified. You already know that I cannot lie. And then I say, like, I'm going to bless you and your family for generations to come. Would you be like, well, what are you going to swear on? No, no, I already said it. I don't need to swear on anything. I can't lie. There's no... Me swearing doesn't make it any more good. Like it doesn't it's already true. It's already done. Like it gets sealed. It's like it's like if you sign a contract and then you sign it again, like it already I mean you could you could sign it again like below your name again, but it's like yeah, it's not really either your word's good or it's not. There's no, that's not gonna do anything. Uh by that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation for uh who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest for ever, after the order of Melchizedek. All right, on to chapter seven. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, Who met with Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. So this is funny, because it's talking about Melchizedek, who appeared in like one or two lines of the Old Testament a million years ago, and now he's factoring in pretty heavily in this chapter, so it's kind of funny. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being, by interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that, also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people, according to the law that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them receives tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he received them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchisedek met him. If, therefore, perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed there is made of necessity a change also of the law for he whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar for it is evident that our lord sprang about sprang out of judah of which tribe moses spake nothing concerning priesthood and yet far it is far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Yeah, sure. So it's far evident. Like, he just, because of all this crap, he talks about a guy from the Old Testament that we don't know anymore. He's like, oh, yeah. And so just like that guy, Jesus, right? Am I right? Because cause I said the names together and describe them, so they're the same or something? I don't know. There wasn't, there wasn't very like rigorous reasoning going on. It was kind of just like, oh, I can mention some things, and then therefore, whatever my conclusion is, follows from that. <laughs> For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, which no man give attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is far more evident for at that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of carnal commandment but after the power of an... Oh, I read that. I read this. See, this is how bad this is. I can't tell when I've read something. <laughs> for he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment, going before the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest, for those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear, and will not pr- repent. Thou art a priest for ever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, Separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for his peoples, for this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests, which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the Son, who is consecrated for evermore. So this is where they're really converting this into the whole Jesus is like He's like the new high priest. Um, he's uh, pre- He does not like a human priest where they have to make sacrifices. Jesus made one sacrifice, which was him, and then he's good to go. And then he's pretty much, where he's covered. And uh, just that kind of stuff. Like he replaced the animal sacrifice of the Old Testament. Just all the stuff that like, there's no proof of. There's no, I, Jesus never said this, but Pasal has done all the math. And he's now describing his results. <laughs> and we just accept it. All right, Hebrews 8. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest, who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be made a priest, seeing that there are priests that other gifts according to the law, who serve under the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shewed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah." not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the... Yeah, see, it's a new covenant. (laughs) God makes promises. He doesn't always keep them. When I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God. And they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, A new covenant he hath made the first old." Now that which decayeth and waxeth is old, waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So I now I guess this makes a little bit of sense because the people of the time are probably like all about their old Jewish priests, like the old figures. And this is just an appeal of like, no, my priest could beat up your priest. Mm-hmm. My priest is Jesus Christ. He was made a priest by God. He's not like a man priest that has to whatever be ordained by another dude. He was made like blah, 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 that sort of thing. And I, I don't know if that worked on some people or what, I guess. I mean, it really would just depend on whether you believed God or Jesus was the son of God or not, right? I mean, if you do, you do. And if you don't, then it's like, whatever. I don't, but I just think he was a guy. There's not, It doesn't really do much to say like, oh, he's a better priest than these people, you know? I don't think. I mean, I can't think of who the, that would really matter for. But uh, but anyway, Hebrews uh, chapter nine. All right, right when you thought it was, just getting too exciting to even bear. It's going to get even more exciting. <laughs> then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made. Oh, I remember. I remember the tabernacle. Believe you me. It took years of my life just to read the detailed description on how it was made. Uh, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shewbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it, the cherubims of glory shadowing, the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. <laughs> okay. But they, <laughs> what that means. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But in the second, when the high, went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself, for the heirs of the people. So they're just talking about this old, way they used to do stuff back in the day, and there was a tabernacle, like an exclusive tabernacle that only the high priest could see once a year, and he would sprinkle some blood on it, and then that supposedly, you know, like, did something. (laughs) The Holy Ghost, this signifying, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers' watchings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation. But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once to the, unto the holy place, having ordain, obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through etern- Yeah, yes, so of that blood that sprinkled on the tabernacle is good, how much better is the blood of Christ? Mm, question. Maybe why need any blood at all? But maybe like, hey, question for all powerful God setting up his rules for the universe that are his and he was in charge of. Maybe don't require death of something for a covenant that you don't even need to have in the first place because you're just covenanting with one particular group of people over all others for no reason that when we're really all the same and you know like we all deserve whatever, equally, I, I think, maybe that, could that, is that, could you do that, maybe? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, by that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Oh, sure. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. (laughs) Who says who? What does that mean? Who's making up these rules? It's like I'm making up the rules of the tabernacle covenant thingy. And they all my rules are the only ones that count. You can't no, it's my club, my rules. Whereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats, and with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Really? (laughs) Really! It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment... So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. All right, on to Hebrews 10, our last chapter. Oh, it's a long one, man. Oh, man, this is what it's like to have a real reading for once. It's not one of those short ones. (laughs) Okay, here we go. We can do it. Last, Last chapter. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. So yeah, the Jewish law couldn't make people perfect. He's saying this is this this was the great problem, that took a few thousand years for Jesus to come along and fix for the Jews. For then would they have not ceased to be offered, because that the worship uh, worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo! I came in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice an offering, and burn offerings and offering for th- sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I will come and do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, that uh, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins for ever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected for ever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that, he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them, and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. <laughs> yeah, 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 good, 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 good yawn yeah, in there. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love unto good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching for if we sin wilfully after that which we have after that we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins Ooh but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment supposed ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden under foot of the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite under the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated he endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock both by the reproaches and afflictions and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For if you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven better and enduring substance cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of god ye might receive the promise for yet a little while and that he shall come will come and will not tarry yeah jesus is coming back just a little while just a minute you know what? Keep the car running. He'll be there in a second. He's just, to uh, hold his seat. He's coming. He will be, just in a split second. Couple minutes. Thousands of years. <laughs> now the just shall live by faith. and if But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. All right. That's the end. So a bit in there was about, it was kind of funny. It was like, Not only do, uh, you know, so people back then in the time of Moses, they had the word of God and therefore when they died, they deserved it, you know, but then people were forgetting and so there's some leniency, but now there's Jesus and he's got a whole new covenant and all this stuff. So if anyone knows about Jesus and dies a sinner, they really deserve punishment. So it's, it's setting up some pretty bad like hell brimstone kind of stuff. Uh, So that's kind of funny. It's interesting. All right. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash T and the B. I'd like to thank new patron Nora Garcia. Thank you very much for pledging. It's highly appreciated. You make the show happen. And I got to thank my all time greats. John Bodley, Chris Glukowski, Marcel, Josh Hogan, Nicole Shepard, Philip Gatt, George Green, Sarah McPike. Japan, Dan, Charles Bangweiner, Tom Chambers, Brian Gareford, Lee Primesberger, John P., Travis Peterson, Eriberto, and Rob. Thank you, guys. You are the greatest. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I will see you next week.